0: This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit org.
1: Well, welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam and I'm your host, and I'm joined by Richard Blackaby to help take our leadership to the next level. Good, good, good morning, you. Sam. It's good to see you again. Yes, uh, post Thanksgiving and so on. We're already well past and beyond. And. Yeah, well hopefully you've uh, uh you know lost back whatever weight <laughs> was uh, potentially gained over the holidays. Yeah, and, that uh, might take a little while. I need well, a few more runs, I think. Yeah, and we're coming into to the Christmas stretch. This whole, you know, it's Thanksgiving season. to to New Year's, you know, that that's that, that's brutal yeah, on the old, especially uh, when you like to eat. Yeah. <laughs> on the old <laughs> caloric intake. But uh but yeah, so anyways, uh today we want to look at uh, just a, an issue, I think, that, that many leaders will inevitably face, um, and that's uh, that's wake-up calls. Yeah. So why don't you explain uh, to us what a wake-up call is, and then maybe share some of those wake-up calls. Um, you know, you, some are, are more severe than others, yeah. and, and hopefully you heed the less severe uh, wake-up call. Yeah, I that's kind of an
0: interesting one. It just struck me the other day, and part of why I've thought about this, I guess, is... Uh, Following along with my mother 's health recently yeah. uh, i I think i've shared some of this before uh, but my mom uh, had her annual physical several months ago, and uh, you you get lab work and so on done and my mom's a fairly curious person, and so she 's uh, later talking with a nurse and just saying well how how did my lab work turn out is everything am i good and Of course, my mother's in her eighties and she w- wants to make sure everything's fine. And, uh, and so the nurse is kind of scrolling down her lab work and she gets to a certain point and she says, well, um, hmm, yeah, it looks pretty good. It's, you know, that looks good. That looks good. Your uh, cholesterol looks good. And, uh, and then she says, well, I see you have some, you had some blood in your urine. And, uh, my mom's like, well, is that, should I be concerned about that blood in my urine? And the nurse looks a little more and says, well, not necessarily. She said, well, I see here that you've had blood in your urine the last two lab tests before this one. So this is your third time to have it. Um, and they just kind of move on. Uh, and so my mom later is telling, we're talking to me and she's telling me about her, her lab work. And she tells me about that conversation. And, uh, and that was a wake up call to me that, that concerned (laughs) me. I said, mom, Blood anywhere is usually not good, uh, but to get it three times in a row, three tests in a row, I, I can't believe that they haven't sent you to some kind of specialist to check out why that blood's getting there. I said I want you to tell your doctor that you want a referral, you want to go to a specialist and get that checked out. So the doctor kind of says, "Well, we think it's probably some kind of infection, but we'll at your age, it's kind of common. But we'll okay, we'll we'll send you to a specialist and." When the specialist first looks uh, at things, they said, "We well, there's a little thickening there, but uh, it's probably just this or that we'll we'll just uh, do a little uh, procedure here and, and, and everything should be fine." And then all of a sudden, when they go in to do this little procedure, the ner- the doctor comes back and says, uh, "Well, I saw some stuff in there that I didn't like. In fact, I, it looked cancerous to me." Um, and at yeah. that point, of course, the C word has come up. And um, so they said, we've done a biopsy and come back in a week and we'll tell you what, what, what we found. And so at that point, I said, OK, I'm going with you on that one, mom. I want to be in the room uh, right. when the doctor tells you whatever they found. And, uh, and when we go back there, the, the doctor says, well, it is cancer. And there's two kinds of cancer. It could be a mild form and an aggressive type. And you've got the aggressive type. In fact, she said you have three clusters of aggressive tumors, not just three tumors, three clusters. Hmm. Um, And so all of a sudden, this is uh, life and death. Uh, This is, and now the doctor is feeling urgent and said, uh, "We, I don't do this kind of surgery, but you need to have all this removed along with your kidney uh, as soon as possible." And so three weeks from that conversation. My mom's under the knife, getting all that removed, really trying to save her life uh, from a, a, a lethal disease. But uh, the problem and what of course was frustrating for me was that the wake up call should have been blood in her urine. And that should have been the first test uh, should have yeah. probably been enough to kind of at least treat it, see if you can get the blood to go away. But uh, or otherwise, start exploring and finding out what, what the causes are. Uh, and of course, that's a real life, uh, just recent example in our personal life. But what I find that as a leader and just as a person living my life, there are certain wake-up calls that happen, certain things people say, certain events that take place that ought to get my attention that the moment that that happens, I need to stop in my tracks and say, wait a minute, that's not right. That's, uh, something is wrong here. Uh, it may not be serious, but it's enough that it ought to get my attention. Mm-hmm. And of course, cancer, one of the, the big, uh, the big issues that, uh, mortal human beings face, which can be so lethal. But, uh, there are many issues, uh, that in life that, uh, can strike us that, uh, typically like cancer, they don't go away if you ignore them. Uh, in fact, they typically only get worse. And the longer that you neglect certain issues, certain warning signs, certain wake up calls, um, then they become more and more difficult, uh, to, to remedy later on. And so, you know, wake up calls, there's, there's, countless numbers of, and kinds of wake up calls, both personally and, and then in your organization. Uh, I, I think I've, uh, told the story before of a, a friend of mine whose wife ended up committing adultery. Uh, and as I talk with him, he told me that about two, three years earlier, his wife had said, I think we need to go to a marriage counselor. And he, he blew it off. He said, that's, they, that costs a lot of money. I don't know that, I want to spend that much money per hour to meet with a counselor. Yeah. And now he's going to pay a lot more in, uh, dividing all of his assets between him and his wife as they're divorcing. And you look back and say, you know what? That was, that should have been a wake up call Yeah, when his wife says things aren't good between us. Um, uh, we need help. We need intervention, but, uh, not, I guess, surprisingly for a lot of us, even things as blatant as that, sometimes we'll blow it off and say, well, you know no marriage is perfect or maybe we've got a vacation this summer, maybe things will be better then or whatever and we, we don't make an, an adjustment. Uh, I, I've worked with uh, nonprofits. Uh, I've led a number that required donations uh, uh, to pay the bills like like what we need at our ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then but there's sometimes where all of a sudden donations, go way down. Or maybe you've had a very faithful donor uh, who's always given generously. And then all of a sudden you realize that for the last year or two, they haven't given anything or just a real token amount. Uh, or maybe as in a church, you have a faithful giver uh, that has supported the budget of the church. And all of a sudden they're not giving like they used to. And uh, of course, the Bible says where your 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 treasure is, that's where your heart is. And it, it just appears now. you could say, Oh, maybe they've got, you know, things going on. Uh, but if they're, if where they give their money represents where their heart is, uh, it, that may also mean when they stop giving that their heart's not with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's somewhere else. Uh, if you're running a company, a business, uh, and sales go down, you can blame the economy. You can say this is a tough quarter, um, but that ought to be a wake-up call uh, Anytime sales go down. Or you stop, uh, you, maybe you haven't produced a new product or a new service for a while. You're just kind of rolling out the same stuff uh, year in and year out, but now sales are declining. Uh, interest is, to, there's new competitors out there, there's better products out there, yeah. and you haven't kept up. And uh, you always, that's why in business you're always watching sales, revenue, uh, you can't let those uh, plummet for too long before you're in trouble. Uh, and so, how quickly that becomes a wake-up call for you is very important. Uh, if you're a church, uh, and but you realize, you know what? We haven't had any new converts for a while. We haven't reached one person in our surrounding community for two years. Uh, or maybe you're a church, or you're a nonprofit, and and you're 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 not getting the volunteers you used to get. You used to have tons of people volunteering and serving and helping. And now you can't, you can't seem to get people to sign up and help. Uh, again, that's a wake up call because people tend to volunteer where their heart is. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, that can be a sign of many things. Maybe you haven't taken good care of your volunteers. Maybe you haven't thanked them the way you should have. Yeah. Maybe there's something more fulfilling, more rewarding, more dynamic taking place right now that they're they're volunteering for now instead mm-hmm. of with you. Um, if you see an increase in conflict uh, in your staff, that's a that's a wake-up call for me. If we used to get a lot done and everybody got along well and we, we had unity, but it seems recently there's been a lot of conflict, a lot of arguing, uh, hurt feelings. That ought to be a wake-up call as well to say something has uh, pervaded uh, the people on our team, there's there's something going on, uh, yeah. that wasn't there before. Um, and I can blow it off and just say, we're all under a lot of stress right now, or maybe I need to, to, to look into this a bit. Uh, of course, certainly, uh, a drop in attendance. Uh, and I've, and I've, I've been a part of things like this before where maybe you had an annual event and, uh, and for a number of years, that annual event always had a good turnout. People always signed up and came. And uh, But then you kind of notice the last couple of times we've done this, uh, lot, attendance is, is really diminished. There's a lot less people coming than used to. Now, of course, that ought to be a wake-up call to say maybe people are kind of getting tired of the same same product being pulled out every time, same mm-hmm. program. Uh uh, maybe it, there's just other stuff out there that's better now. It's done more professionally. Uh, maybe we've taken people for granted and just haven't really been providing good customer service. And uh, and now they're they've moved on. Um, lots of different uh, examples where um, if you're if you're paying attention, it ought to be a wake up call. And but the problem is, a lot of leaders have things like this happen. And they they're busy. They're just thinking about the next thing they they need to do. And it's like, well, that's interesting. I'll I'll have to look into that sometime. And yeah. uh, the next thing you know, you've got a surgeon telling you, we've got to go in right away. You've got aggressive cancer that may have spread. And it's like, wow. I mean, I I, I was kind of wondering about that, but uh, I should have gotten into that a lot sooner. Uh, that should have been a wake up call that uh, that uh, mobilized me to action. And uh, instead, I kind of blew it off. And now the problem is much worse than it, it really should have been.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's what we do with those wake up calls that that can determine our, our success or failure. And so let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll look at uh, responses to these wake up calls. Richard and Daniel Blackaby will be at the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove on May 17th through 19th, 2021. The title of this event is On the Move, How God Increases Your Spiritual Influence. It was originally scheduled to be held this year, but due to COVID-19, it has been rescheduled. You can find out more and register at thecove.org. Links will also be in the show notes. So Richard, there's there's lots in our lives that, that would constitute a wake-up call or yeah. warning sign um, and I think it's, uh, it's what we do with those warning signs, um, that ultimately determines our success or failure as a leader. And so, uh, we've seen, uh, before the break, what some of those, just a, a sample of what those signs might be. Um, and so why don't you share with us, uh, how do you respond to those? Yeah, well, and of course,
0: it, obviously it depends on what, what kind of wake up call it is, but, uh. Uh, first one I would just say is when that happens, when something catches your attention as a leader, uh, as a, perhaps a warning sign, slow down, uh, take a closer look, lean in, and and say, "Hey, I need to I need to take a look at this." This uh, maybe it's nothing, maybe it was just yeah. sort of a, a one one time kind of deal, or maybe when I start scratching on the surface, I realize this goes a lot deeper. I I remember when my dad years and years ago, my dad was still a pastor in Canada, and uh, he he. He uh, just did not have the uh, time or attention or interest in mechanical things. I know exactly where I get my lack of mechanical (laughs) ability from. I was not taught one thing by my dad uh, mechanically. But uh, I remember one day he was doing some marriage counseling with uh, a a couple, and the man was actually a very good mechanic. And uh, so dad is giving them counsel, and and they're just kind of wrapping up. And my dad says something about, well, uh, hey, you're – you, you know a lot about cars he said uh, listen I, my car has really been kind of acting funny lately he said i I kind of smelled this burning smell and it, it seemed like it doesn't have a lot of power and it and he starts to describe a number of things going on that dad had noticed and uh, and he's and the guy said hmm that doesn't that doesn't really sound good he said uh, do you mind if I just take a look at it for a second oh sure my dad said you know I'd be, I appreciate that yeah he goes out, comes back a few minutes later, and said, well, Henry, I checked your oil. It doesn't even register on the dipstick. There's no, <laughs> just, you're like, you, you, can't, you can't run your car without oil, Henry, and uh, I think that will solve your problem. <laughs> but uh, yeah, obviously, you, you drive your car without oil, you end up without an engine, and then you've got way, way worse problems. Uh, yeah. but, but for a lot of leaders, they're clunking along in their car, and they're seeing smoke coming up from under the hood. And they're like, well, we get to the end of this quarter. We get to the <laughs> yeah, year yeah, I'll,
1: end. Yeah, yeah, I'll check on that and, later.
0: And uh, there's just a point where you realize, I just can't drive this thing any further until I, I look under the hood and I start checking some gauges here and doing some tests. Uh, so the first thing is, don't get in such a hurry that you... Uh, you don't feel like you can ever slow down and yeah. t- take a look. Well,
1: and that reminds me of the episode we did on on just developing margin uh, yeah. in your schedule. And if you don't have that, then you what are you going to do with these warning signs? You're just going to bypass them and, yeah, and keep you, on going because you, just, you don't have time. Yeah, and uh, you've got
0: to always be working in time to to be care, caring for e- details like that. Uh, a second thing is just just be aware that for instance, angry outbursts, conflicts, uh, kind of unusual comments uh, typically don't come out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, w- when you're in a staff meeting and someone just makes this kind of comment under their breath, uh, that's quite harsh. Uh, you could, and you think to yourself, that's not like that person. I've I've never heard them talk that way before. Or maybe some they, they just someone shouts in the middle of a staff meeting gets angry and gets defensive or gets emotional or or storms out of the room, um, you, you might say, wow, she must be having a really bad day. I've never seen her act that way. Uh, but more than likely what you've just witnessed is just the, the sort of the, the pressure cooker coming to a, a boil. And, uh, and there's probably a lot more underneath that than what you just saw. You're Mm -hmm. just seeing the kind of the surface response. Uh, and so typically if I see a staff person acting kind of, uh, in an unusual way or angry way, negative way, uh, getting engaging in conflict, um, I want, I want to isolate that person. I want them in my office, uh, talking to me and tell me what's going on. And I want to probe and I I, I want to ask questions. Uh, I I want to find out exactly what what led to that. And you might well begin by saying, listen, today you seem really upset in the staff meeting and that doesn't seem like you. I've never seen you that way before. Uh, Obviously something's going on. Uh, Tell me what that is. Uh, I'm concerned about you. And uh, and probe and ask questions and don't be don't let uh, yourself get just sort of brushed off like oh it was nothing just had a bad day I've I've just did, didn't sleep well last night um, maybe but uh, you want to while you've got the opportunity dig as deep as you can mm-hmm. uh, and also you may just need to be aware that there's trends developing uh, maybe you realize hey we used to have this gala event every year it was our big fundraiser. For our organization and uh the last two that we've had we've had only maybe uh two-thirds or half as many people attending as we used to and we're not taking in nearly as much uh, money well we could just try it a couple more years uh, or we could realize hey there's a trend developing here we're losing momentum uh people are we're losing enthusiasm uh, the people aren't excited about this anymore. We've got volunteers don't want to help anymore. Uh, okay. We got it. We, we need to quickly turn this trend away uh, around. We can't let this, uh, trajectory continue in the same, uh, direction. So, so let's, uh, let's really intervene here. Let's, uh, let's infuse, uh, this program, this event with, uh, some new energy, some fresh ideas. Let's, uh, maybe, Tear it apart from the ground up, down to the to the foundation, and uh, rebuild this thing and make it something fresh and new. But uh, uh, but as soon as you start to see it, a, a trend in a negative direction, um, it you know get on it early because the the more that that trend gets developed and entrenched, the harder it is to to change mm-hmm. to steer it around. So um, and a, another thing I would say is just pray, um, ask God, uh, and and sometimes you as a leader, I, I, I'll just tell you, there's times where you just have this sense. You don't even, you can just feel something's not quite right in the yeah. air. You, the, the culture, the, you, you, know, if you, if you're paying attention, uh, if you're, for, if you know your people well, uh, you can just sometimes just tell, uh, boy, that meeting, we normally get along great. We're, uh, colleagues, but we're also friends. And, uh, that meeting was unusually tense. There's there's something in the air. There's an underlying cause uh, that I don't like. Um, and so I, I would just say, be looking for underlying causes. Don't ever. Uh, I, we we've talked about this before, but don't just address symptoms. Get yeah. to get to causes. And uh, and so when you when something catches your attention, when there's kind of a wake up call of some kind, um, that's when you start digging deep and you start saying what what underlying cause would have caused that person to have such an angry outburst? I've, I've never seen them act that way. Or we've never had conflict like that in, in our staff before. Something deeper is going on, and uh, I'm not going to be content until I figure out what it is. Uh, and that, that involves sometimes analyzing systems and analyzing how you conduct meetings, analyzing your products. Uh, what, are we, what, what are we producing right now? Uh, Maybe it's inferior. Maybe our competitors have a better product. Uh, Maybe the way we're communicating right now with our staff is causing people to lack trust or feel like they're being left out uh, or being talked down to. Uh, Maybe our systems aren't as good as uh, they could be. Maybe we could be more efficient. Uh, Maybe we could do things better uh, in a way that uh, encourages our staff more. Um, just don't assume. It, what what happens is certainly when things are going well, we we tend to not tinker so much. We just leave things the way they are. Yeah. Uh, it, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And,
1: uh, and or, then, if it's, or if it's something that's not it needs immediate addressing, you know, if it's oh that was a thing, but but I think we can keep going. without yeah. Yeah. really taking a look at it.
0: And I remember one time when I was running a seminary and a couple professors just acted a bit unbecoming. And uh, I, I mentioned it to the academic dean at the time. And uh, he acknowledged that that was not right. But he said, well, but we've been just under a lot of stress uh, lately. Uh, we, we, we had some big deadlines as a faculty and uh, they were feeling the stress of that. And I said, well, I, I understand that. I understand the, the, where the stress is coming from. But I'm afraid that if we start to feel like we can justify unChrist-like behavior every time we're under stress, other stresses are going to come. And we're going to we, we may if we if we excuse one thing then we'll have to excuse other things and i think maybe we better just address this to say hey we somewhere along our system here we've got some faulty reasoning that which says if normally we act like christians but if we're under stress yeah. we don't have to <laughs> and i would say if somehow that misunderstanding has crept into this team we we've got to root that out and just make it clear that that's not that's not acceptable mm-hmm. uh and when i when I see issues happening, when when I have a wake up call of some kind, uh, it's it's really good to sit down and debrief. It's really good to uh, to talk to people. I, I, I've had I've had uh, pastors say, uh, "Well, we've had we've lost a number of people lately. Uh, people that used to come that aren't coming anymore." Uh, people who used to attend uh, this event this Bible study uh, this prayer time they're not coming anymore and a lot of times I'll say, well do you know why they're not coming No, I don't I just they just stop coming I'd say well it's probably important to find out why why uh, I, I tell you what exit interviews are great even yeah. when even if you're a pastor and someone leaves your church um, follow up with them and it might be awkward uh, say listen I you know I'm not. I'm not calling to necessarily try to get you to come back. I just want to know what what prompted you to leave, and I, and I need to know this. This will help me if because of our church was not uh, providing for you what you needed. Uh, maybe we can't. Maybe we're not the right fit for you. But maybe it was just our negligence. Maybe we just weren't the church that we we hoped that we would be, and so we need to know um, what 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 didn't meet your need. Now sometimes it's their issue, and it's. There it could be a spiritual matter for them, mm-hmm. or they might say, "Well, you just have nothing for my kids, and uh, it's just too hard for me to come and do church when I've got a one-year-old I have to hold in my arms." And and uh, this church down the street provides good child care, and or maybe you do have child care, but it was just so poorly run; I didn't feel it was safe uh, for my kids. You had way too many kids, not enough helpers, and uh, you just the people there seemed distracted and uh, and unprepared, and so I just i i didn't feel comfortable and uh um, you, you need to hear those kind of yeah. things and uh and then say okay well uh, yeah we can address that uh and and sometimes even with with donors uh people that haven't given for a while to say well hey can i just uh, ask you is there a reason are you, uh, do you just not financially have the ability right now to give or have you been giving somewhere else could you just tell us uh uh, we, we, for our sake, we, if there's some things we could do better, we, we want to know what, what the problem is. And so, um, there's a lot of things you could do. You need to ask a lot of questions. Don't, I, I just tell people, don't assume that you know, the reason you might be surprised sometimes if you ask questions, uh, you don't, don't assume, Oh, I know why that person's upset. Well, you might not. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, it, it might, you might be really surprised if you ask some questions, uh, and discovered what led to that, uh, outburst. Um, yeah. another one just kind of related to that is just don't let things fester. Uh, that's kind of obvious, but, uh, uh, again, things, problems rarely just go away and they rarely get easier to deal with later. Yeah. They tend to always get more complex. They, they tend to involve more people, uh, people become more angry. Um, and so my rule of thumb as a leader was that once a, a problem got my attention, better to deal with it now than later. And uh, I, I, I'm sure I've told this story before, but when I was a pastor, um, I had a person one time leave me a letter in my mailbox at the church, and I didn't get it until after the service was over. And I, sometimes certain envelopes just have a look about them. You know, that just, this, that, that doesn't look good. I, I can tell by looking at it. <laughs> I'm probably not going to enjoy reading whatever is written inside that letter. And so I waited till I got home, and uh had had lunch and then i finally i opened the letter and it's a person that's just kind of venting on me as the pastor and and it's you know i i try to be really open to legitimate criticism but uh, this guy was it was just kind of not it, you could just tell he was just struggling and he's just flailing out at his pastor but like nothing he says i mean he, he there's not one thing he said that is either true, It just, he just felt this way, or he just thought that, but he's not pointing anything I said or did particularly that was wrong. He just, he just feels this way, feels that way. So I, I called him that afternoon and I'll never forget, uh, when he answered the phone, I told him, you know, said, hello, it's your pastor. And, and there's this pause. And then the first thing he said was, I knew you would call. I knew you would call. And I said, well, of course I called you. I've got a church member who's, who apparently is upset and, uh, I want to find out why I want to, I don't, I want to make that right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, of course we, he ultimately basically admitted that it was just, he just needed to talk. Uh, there wasn't anything I really necessarily needed to change or do differently, but he, he needed my attention. It was the issue. Mm -hmm. And so he got my attention and, uh, And, and we are friends to this day, uh, still when I, I, am friends with him on, on Facebook and we still chat and visit and, uh, but he, he just, um, but I just thought, you know what, but if I, if I ignore that, if I blow that off, if I just say that, that, that guy's got the issue, not me. Um, well then eventually I'll have an issue too, because I'm going to have a church member staff person that's uh, upset with me and maybe just the last one or two things to say, uh, R- remain positive, uh, and remain solution oriented. When, when, when you have a wake up call, when something gets your attention, um, assume you're going to get it worked out. Don't, don't be doom and gloom. Don't, don't become racked with anxiety and concern. And we're the, the ship's sinking. We're all going down. We're all going to drown. Uh, when you, when you get that wake up call, just start addressing the issue. That's what leaders yeah. do. Uh, it, that's, that's not, out of the realm of of what to, you should expect, uh, leaders solve problems, and you've just had a problem brought to your attention. So,
1: well, the nice thing about wake up calls is they're not the the death nail in the in the coffin. They're they're sort of the first sign. And so there is hope if, yeah. if you catch that.
0: Yeah. And I, in fact, uh, to me, I'm kind of grateful that I caught it. I, I it's, it's a far worse to have some, you know, cancerous kind of disease that has no signs. There's no lump, there's no bleeding, there's nothing, but something is, uh, is slowly taking over and causing harm and you, and there's no sign. There's no way to know. I, I'd, I'd always rather get an early warning of something, uh, where there's still lots of time to address it. So be grateful for those signs, be watching for them. And typically the earlier you get on something, the easier it is to solve. So uh just, I, I would, as a leader, just want to create the kind of culture where people know, hey, as soon as the boss is aware that there's is an issue, a, a warning sign, a wake-up call, you know full well he's going to just be on that uh, so quick and asking questions and buzzing around and making changes and addressing things, and, and it's going to be dealt with. And uh, if you create that kind of culture where people know, uh, then probably a lot of those Wake up calls are going to be a lot more civil, too. Uh, They'll just people will just come to your office and tell you you won't have to wait until there's an angry outburst in a staff meeting to find out. And uh, and so I once I'm aware of an issue, I want to I want to project a sense of, okay changes are coming. The boss is aware Uh, he's asking questions. He's on he's on top of it. Uh, things may not change in the next hour, but you know, they're going to change, you know, that he won't let that go. Uh, he's, he's just doing his homework. He's talking to people. He's getting gathering facts, information. He's looking for solutions, but, uh, create that kind of culture where people know, Hey, once the boss, once the leader gets a wake up call of some kind at whatever level, whether it's serious or minor, uh, he, he, he's on it and, uh, he, he, he's relentless to stay on it until it's been addressed and it's not an issue anymore. You, uh, just make a habit of that, uh, then uh, you're, you're, you're not going to have to deal with a lot of the real big issues because you, you will have responded at those early wake-up calls and, you, and you, it's just a lot easier to deal with those problems at the outset than after they've spread and metastasized for a while uh, throughout the organization.
1: Yeah, well, wake-up calls, be grateful for them. Huh? Um, it's, it's not the end of the world, but it's, uh, it's a, a warning of what could happen and hopefully you jump on it soon, solution-oriented, and uh, and make the, the most of it. So until next time. yep.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners, so email us at podcast at blackv.org.